0: Welcome in, listeners, to another special episode of Whisper in the Wings from Stage Whisper. We have a fabulous guest joining us today. We have the co-producer and curator of the upcoming show, Grotesque, Greg Taubman, who, again, is co-producing and curating the show that is playing at the Crane Theater on Tuesday, April 4th at 7 p.m. It's being presented by Odd Salon. And you can get tickets and more information by visiting frigid.nyc. Greg, welcome to Whisper in the Wings from Stage Whisper. Thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Thank you for having me. It is wonderful to be here.
0: I am so excited to learn more and pick your brain a little bit more about this great show, Grotesque. As we were speaking before we started, the show came across one of our press, you know, like press invite things. And I was like, ooh, like this sounds dark and gritty and bloody and ooh, let's go for all that. And then I started reading more about it and I was like, okay, not quite, not quite. So why don't you tell uh, myself and our listeners a little bit more about what what grotesque is? Absolutely. So
1: grotesque is a evening of salon speeches. These are 10-minute presentations, and it is presented by an organization called Odd Salon. Odd Salon began in San Francisco and then started up here in New York City with me and my co-producer, Christian Cadigal. And Odd Salon is about supporting lifelong learning and helping create community. And it brings together people to hear talks that are sort of halfway between TED Talk and Drunk History. And each odd salon is based around a different theme, which brings us to this forthcoming one on April 4th, which is grotesque. So we have scoured the academy, the history, the libraries, the pop culture for stories of the grotesque to share. Uh, and we are going to have six incredible pre- ending we have folks who come to speak who are comedians folks who are magicians folks who are academics folks who are storytellers and people who are just having their their first time giving a presentation like this
0: i love that that sounds so much fun and for some reason i'm getting this like image of cooper union of like speeches being given Mm. at cooper union you know (laughs) and the other element that i remember from the press release is there's curated drinks involved too so i'm Mm. imagining all these people with you know great cocktails and drinks and these wonderful speeches are being given you know it's just it sounds so old-fashioned but also like a wonderful evening of like thought and i don't know what the other word i want to go for is but you know just oration i guess
1: yeah, I'll I'll date myself with these references, but it is like giving a TED talk at CBGB. It is really a, a punk rock intellectual environment, and uh, people who are regulars know that heckling and shouting and getting in on the conversation is part of the fun. There are sort of regular shout outs uh, that have been a part of the odd salon culture going back to its founding in San Francisco. So if, for example, a slide that comes up in a presentation has a picture of really any kind of seagoing vessel, everyone knows to shout ships and take a drink.
0: Oh my gosh. This gets me so excited. I I love this. This is almost like a cult following kind of thing. Like, you know, the Rocky Horror, the Priscilla Queen of the Desert, where everyone knows these little Easter eggs that you have to join in on. Exactly.
1: And you get to learn about really, really awesome stuff. Uh, One of our talks coming up on the 4th is uh, using that theme grotesque to look at the political caricatures of Thomas Nast. He was an illustrator for Harper's Bazaar, Harper's Weekly, and he's where we get the Democratic donkey, and the Republican elephant are his original images. And uh, his cartoons were instrumental in bringing down Boss Tweed and Tammany Hall, one of the most corrupt political rings in New York history. Mm -hmm. So that's the kind of talk that you get to learn about at Odd Salon while you drink and shout chips at the speaker.
0: I love this. So how did you up with the idea for this or i don't know if you came up with the original idea or how was the idea for this come that like developed or what have you
1: so i, I have to give credit where it's due to odd salon's founders Aneta black and trey valchowski they were the ones who started doing these talks in san francisco and as Aneta has shared with me it really was all about providing in in for adults out in the world things that are most helpful for flourishing throughout your life, that is lifelong learning and community. So it is about bringing people together, giving people the chance to research things, the chance to become speakers, the chance to become fellows, meaning your repeated speaker, the chance to curate and sort of grow within this organization that is all about creating these opportunities to interact and to keep learning. And that's why Odd Salon exists. And it has carved out this really awesome niche in the punk rock intellectual academic space. And yeah, but, but that's, that's how it started was bringing people together to give presentations on stuff that they were fascinated by and encourage them to research more stuff and keep learning.
0: Amazing. Now I want to shift back to specifically grotesque that's coming mm-hmm. up. What has it been like developing this particular show? Cause you are, a curator and a co-producer. So how 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 did you select the certain talks and pick the performers, the speakers, I guess? What was that like?
1: So at Odd Salon, it's always a mix of trying to develop that community and letting that community speak for itself. So right off the bat, three of our six speakers were people who volunteered to give talks. So we have uh, this talk on Thomas Nast, We have a talk on uh, Gothic architecture and gargoyles, and we have a talk on plastic surgery, all of which were people knowing what the theme was that was coming up, going to oddsalon.com slash speak, where they can submit talk ideas, and essentially pitching me on the talks they wanted to give. Then the other half of our slate are people that I reached out to in the community and encouraged them to come give talks and worked with them on what the topics might be. So that's always a mix, is letting the community speak for themselves, let people volunteer, and then also speak to the community, especially the folks who are newest to it, especially the folks who maybe come to see Odd once or twice, and encourage them to give a talk and help them pitch an idea if that's what they're interested in. And I'm really happy to announce that our slate on April 4th will include Annetta Black uh, as one of our speakers. So I'm really happy that we're going to have the founder in the room.
0: It's amazing. How long have these talks been going on for? How long has, I guess, Odd Salon been around and doing this?
1: So the New York branch, which I started with Christian, we began in 2018. And then we had a solid couple of years before the pandemic happened. And we've been slowly coming back. Last year, we did just two salons. And this year, we are going to be doing quarterly salons. And uh, yeah, 2014 is when Annetta and Trey uh, founded it in San Francisco. I uh, had the pleasure of meeting it because I was in town where my parents live there and helping them work through some life transitions. And uh, my good friend, Amy Widowson, who is an Odd fellow and regular, brought me in to hear them speak in San Francisco. I instantly fell in love with the event. I pitched a talk that I was able to give out there. And then I came back to New York and Anetta and Trey and Christian reached out to me when Christian was moving from San Francisco to New York City to see if I wanted to be a part of starting a chapter here. And I left at the opportunity.
0: Amazing. Now, does the venue always change for these odd salons? Or is no, it New York has one? been
1: a solid, solid foundation with Frigid, with the Crane Theater. It is the first theater that we performed at here. And it is a place we are happy to return.
0: I love that. So again, going back to Grotesque, the upcoming show, is there a message or a thought you're hoping that your audiences will leave with?
1: Absolutely. So I chose the theme of Grotesque partly because our spring theme, our April theme, usually has to do with something related to April Fool's, something a little funny, something a little off. And I have personally really enjoyed the grotesque as a means of calling attention to something, that what we are looking at when we are looking at the grotesque is something disproportionate, is something distended. It's either too big or too small. It doesn't quite fit where it belongs. And in fact, the meaning of the term itself goes back to art that was done in grottos, in these caves, that were using the proportions of the rock that they were painted on in order to bring out these disproportionate effects, this grotesquerie. And my hope is that an audience coming to see grotesque will understand not only six different meanings of what that word could possibly be, but also see how the grotesque can help make something visible that you wouldn't otherwise be able to see.
0: Very cool. My final question for this first part is, who do you hope have access to the show?
1: I really want the people who are most curious and most looking for a chance to learn and to learn in a non-academic and less structured setting. We really want Odd Salon to be a place where people to connect to the fact that this kind of work, this kind of research, this kind of digging, and ultimately this kind of presentation is something that can be really rewarding and really fun. I think a lot of the formal educational systems we come up through can have a deadening effect on curiosity. It can have a deadening effect on one's desire to to learn and to present and to and to speak their knowledge to the world and keep pushing the boundaries of their knowledge. So I'm hoping that we will find folks who maybe haven't researched something very carefully for a long time, people who would appreciate the opportunity to see something that they might find on the History Channel but done by an amazing stand-up comic with a drink in their hand.
0: I want to shift gears now a little bit and turn the focus a little more on you, and I want to start by asking what shows playwrights or composers in the past have inspired you, or do you love?
1: So I just had the pleasure yesterday of seeing the sign in Sydney Brewstein's window at BAM by Lorraine Hansberry, Oscar Isaac, and Rachel Brosnahan in lead roles, and. So this is a a play that I actually learned about through a mentor that I worked with at the Oregon Shakespeare Festival. And it is an undersung play from the American theatrical canon that she has been secretly in support of for decades. And to finally see it realized with such a stellar ensemble and really like everyone doing great work, it was just an amazing piece of theater. I think the the most vital and necessary piece of theater I've seen recently would be The Jungle at St. Anne's Warehouse. It is everything that i feel contemporary theater should be by which i mean it it has an ensemble protagonist we're not just following the journey of one person mm-hmm. it is the story of a community it is a story that is intensely relevant to things that are affecting the world we live in it is made in a way that is incredibly immersive and engaging for an audience and helps people recognize something that they have a direct relationship to and can take direct action towards in their own lives. Those are the most recent influences I've had. My my long-term friends are unfortunately overrepresented by the dead white folk and dead white dudes whose name happens to end in S, but Sophocles, Shakespeare and Sondheim will always keep me
0: going. You could, I mean, you could pick worse, right? <laughs> <laughs> Well, you've mentioned two amazing shows, Sidney Bruce's Window and The Jungle, but are there any other shows you've seen lately that you might be able to recommend to our listeners?
1: Oh, gosh, I would definitely start with those two. Tomorrow, I'm going to see How to Defend Yourself at New York Theatre Workshop, which is right next door to where we'll be doing Odd Salon at The Crane. And I've really been a fan of Rachel Chadkins for a long time, and I'm excited to see... Her work, and I also, I think New York Theater Workshop is my favorite smaller theater company, one of the major nonprofits in town, back since I saw Hedda Gabler, directed by Ivo Hova. there, gosh, 15 years ago. Yeah, so I'm excited to see that. Yeah, I I have ringing endorsements for those two plays, which are unfortunately now closed. And I suppose I'm looking forward to the transfer of merri We Roll Along to Broadway later this fall.
0: Yes. What is your favorite part about working in the theater?
1: Oh, gosh, that's a hard question. I'm going to climb onto my little soapbox here.
0: <laughs> so
1: I believe that art does for human communities what dreams do for the human brain. This was actually my first odds talk. And what I mean by that is I think art is essential for forming long-term cultural memories, for remembering things that are important to us as a body politic, that it helps us collectively solve problems non-linearly, and that it helps us collectively process trauma. These are three things that dreams, the three functions that dreams perform for the brain. And I think this is what art, and in particular theater does for a body politic, does for a community. I think that is how it started way back in ancient Greece. My undergrad degree is in classics. Greek tragedy is where I started as an artist, and just like the jungle, those were plays that were presented to a community that was one of the first democratic, with a lot of caveats, communities in existence that said, hey, we need another way to process the decisions we're making that aren't just speeches and aren't just elections, that are how do we really feel about the choices we're making? And the theater gives us a chance to come together, to build something that is bigger than any one of us, to process through that larger assortment of people, something of vital importance and great feeling, and then share that with the community. So the community can undergo something and see something from another perspective that maybe they wouldn't otherwise have seen, that an audience can leave with these incredibly profound memories and incredibly profound feelings. and take them back into their lives and think about something maybe a little different or make a little different choice. So that that is why the theater is my origin and the theater is my home.
0: I love that. That is incredible. Stay on your soapbox forever and keep saying that because that is <laughs> a wonderful wonderful message. Thank you for that. And that is also a perfect lead-in to what our regular listeners know is coming, which is my favorite question, and that's What is your favorite theater memory?
1: So I'm I'm gonna go back to one of my S-named buddies here. So I love Merrily We Roll One. It's my favorite soundtime show. And I've now seen it performed by a number of phenomenal performers. Ruel Sparza at the Kennedy Center, Daniel Radcliffe at New York Theater Workshop. And I have to say the very first time I saw Franklin Shepard, Inc. performed, was by a student group at Stanford University, where I didn't even go, by the way, I was just visiting, in a cafeteria with a set that consisted of, like, literally two rolling chairs and a school desk. And I, it was a small room. These were not professional actors. And just the commitment of that performer going for that meaty, text-heavy, emotionally intense number that does not let up and a journey that he went on and I was just floored by it and I was like oh oh this oh I want to be doing this
0: I love that and for that to be the moment you and you got to see that and you're just like this this wow I Mm -hmm. love that I love that that was your this moment of the theater so thank you for sharing that that's Mm -hmm. amazing Are there any other productions or projects that you have coming on the pipeline that we might be able to plug for you?
1: Certainly. Well, let's, let's start with Odd Salon. So in addition to Grotesque coming up on April 4th, Odd Salon New York City has the same format, six talks around a theme, around the theme of Spectacular on June 14th. I will be curating that one as well. And then I'm handing it back to Christian to curate the final two from our year. On September 19th, we are doing Hallow. And on December 12th, we are doing our annual December show, which is all of the talks that don't quite fit any of the themes throughout the year in a format we call Oddments. For myself, my other life is as a co founder and partner at an arts consultancy called Forge NYC. You can find us at forgenyc.org. And we host bi monthly. Digital retreats that are totally free to attend called Fast Fuel. It is a seven-hour co-working sprint from eleven a.m. to six p.m. on Zoom. You can find out about those at forgeNYC.org/fast-fuel. And I am very happy to announce that I just wrapped my first successful Kickstarter campaign for a side project that is very dear to my heart. This is a tarot deck with Shakespeare-themed images. So every card in the 78-card Rider-Waite tarot has been reimagined with specific moments from the Shakespearean canon. It's called Bard's Arcana. You can find it on Kickstarter. You just search Bard's Arcana. The Kickstarter has wrapped, but the backer kit is up, and you can pre-order a deck there. So please come to Grotesque on April 4th, Please check out Odd Salon Spectacular on June 14th, Hallow on September 19th, Oddments on December 12th. You can find me at ForgeNYC.org. Please join us for a Fast Fuel. And if you're looking for a Shakespeare-themed tarot deck, you can find that at Kickstarter. Just search Bard's Arcana.
0: Amazing. And you've you've kind of answered most of my next question, but I want to ask it just in case there's anywhere Mm -hmm. else I can plug. Um, If our listeners want more information about grotesque or about you maybe they want to reach out to you how can they do that do you have any social media tags or anything you might want mm-hmm. to plug
1: the best place to find out about odd salon is at oddsalon.com. like i mentioned when you asked about how we curated this event anyone is welcome to speak and if you have a talk you want to pitch for any of those themes you can go to oddsalon.com slash speak we would love to read your pitch there and uh, as I said, you can find me at ForgeNYC.org, along with my business partner, Jay Morita. We would be happy to see you there, see you at Fast Fuel, and help you make a plan for how to grow your art.
0: Amazing. Well, Greg, this has been just absolutely incredible. I have loved learning about the upcoming show, Grotesque, as well as about Odd Salon. You have won yourself over a, a fan here. And stage whisper, I can't wait to come experience this. I'm going to get on this bandwagon because this sounds incredible. And I hope I get to bring many, many friends with me because this sounds like such a unique experience. I cannot wait. So thank you so much for joining us today and sharing all this wealth of information. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for the
1: platform, Andrew. And it's wonderful to to meet you and to share your love of theater.
0: Thank you. My guest today has been the co-producer and curator, Greg Taubman, who is curating the show Grotesque, and it's being presented by Odd Salon. That's going down on Tuesday, April 4th at 7 p.m. at the good old Crane Theater. Tickets and more information are available at frigid.nyc, but you can also get information about Odd Salon and about the show at oddsalon.com. And you can get information about Greg or reach out to him by going to ForgeNYC.org. We're going to have all of this information posted on our episode description as well as on our social media. But for right now, the most important thing you need to know is you need to buy your ticket for Tuesday, April 4th, 7 p.m. Grotesque at The Crane. We're going to be there. We're going to have some great drinks. We're going to enjoy some amazing talks. So don't miss Grotesque.